Um, how should we start this episode? Uh, I don't know. Um, we could cast Time Wizard and use time to go back to the beginning of the episode. This is us in the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we've caused a podcast paradox. You can't talk to your podcast self from the past, Jimmy. That's the rule. <laughs> You'll break podcasts. Although, wouldn't that be like... For our generation, isn't that the only reason to go into the past is just host a podcast with yourself? Yeah. Welcome to the Jimmy and Jimmy show with Jimmy and himself. <laughs> myself, myself, and I. <laughs> Three time-shifted duplicates of myself, all hosting a podcast. <laughs> I'm Tyler Robertson. I'm your oldest self. I'm Tyler Robertson. I'm your midless self. I'm Tyler Robertson. I'm sweet baby Tyler Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> so you would have one of you from the past and one of you from the future and then join yeah, you in the, in the present yeah uh yeah i mean yeah like one of me would be wise and one of me would be funny and one of me would be good looking uh because you know no one person can be all three of those things simultaneously uh yeah i like it the the real hitch was that all three of you are the same person. Yeah, so we'd just all be super annoying and talk over each other and we'd each have, <laughs> we all have the exact same ideas. thoughts at the same time. Yeah, yeah, probably true. <laughs> uh except if it were way younger past me, uh I would keep younger past me would keep trying to turn it into like a like a biblical like uh like a theology Reference. podcast. <laughs> In Yu-Gi-Oh. I genuinely want to see where that would end up. Hmm. I can make it work. There are enough, like, Christ allegories in Yu-Gi-Oh. We can make that there happen. There was a cross in this very episode. There was a cross in this very episode. With that, we should talk about this episode. We should talk about this episode. Y'all move! It's time to p -p 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy, and I cast Time Wizard to go back to the beginning of the episode. Welcome oh, to no. You Activated My Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I'm Tyler. And this is our weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. Wow, deja vu. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, uh, this week we are going to be talking about season one, episode 34, uh, best of friends, best of duelists part two, dun, uh, dun, dun. before we get into our recommendations, what was your like general sort of thoughts about this episode? how do you feel about it? This isn't, this one was actually pretty good. This oh, was really? a good episode, uh, in terms of like for a dual heavy episode, this mm -hmm. one had some good moments in it. Oh, oh, okay. But then... It went somewhere, uh -huh. and <laughs> uh, I think that completely changed the episode, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. I think you mean to say it sucked, Jimmy. <laughs> it sucked. It was a bad episode. For some reasons, it yes. Poop. It pooped. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, as we do every week uh, before we start our talk about the episode, we like to give our listeners a recommendation of something they can do with their 20 minutes rather than watching Yu-Gi-Oh! because we value their time, even if they don't. What is your recommendation for this week? Uh, this week, my recommendation is uh, you, instead of 
spending 20 minutes to watch this show, you could spend 20 minutes and make up an entire world from, stra- from scratch uh, to play Dungeons & Dragons in, which is Ooh. what I did just yesterday. Oh, yeah, you guys had your uh, live event, right? How'd yeah, that go? our Dungeons Against Humanity world-building event was yesterday. It went great. There was a surprisingly large turnout. I was expecting, like, maybe a handful of people to show up. We had 22 people Damn. show up and just make uh, D&D worlds out of nowhere with That's awesome. Cards Against Humanity. So is there, really good. is there a recording of, of that anywhere? or No, it was too... Um, the space we were in was too large to get like a good recording of anything. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, our website, Dungeons Against Humanity dot wherever the hell our website is, Dungeons Against Humanity dot net will have the whole uh, world building pamphlet that our wonderful DM created. Oh, so great! So you can just go and download a PDF and have all the instructions right there to. Uh, just use dice to drop on a big sheet of paper and like procedurally generate uh, whole continents and how to uh, draw cards against humanity and put them together in logical ways to form like major events and the history of your world and NPCs, all that good stuff. That's fucking rad. Yeah, I'm going to download that right now. Uh, I don't think it's up yet, but oh. probably when this. I'm going to use Time Wizard and go into the future <laughs> and download it. <laughs> and wow, download what it. a great PDF! Uh, yeah, great. Oh yeah, this looks awesome. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Downloaded it from the future. Uh, no, that's awesome. That's exciting. And then you did something else recently that I saw you had in your notes that I want to talk about mm-hmm. as well uh, on Instagram. That's oh yes. Uh. Uh, going off of what we were talking about last week, I did polls on our Twitter and Instagram about whether people want to save their grandfather's soul and, or their sister's eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at our Instagram right now. It's been up for about 24 hours. Uh, Grandpa's soul is ahead by 75%. Shocker. Wow. So let's see and how, how about Twitter? Oh, there's only eight people who voted, but that's okay. They're they're uh, important. Yeah, let's hop over. You know to what? Twitter. If the eight people that control the American government are important, I think the eight people that voted on our poll on Twitter are important. You know, that's very correct. Oh, this one's a lot closer. Okay. Uh, save my grandpa's soul on Twitter got 55%. Save my sister's eyes got 45%. So that's like what? That's like five to three? Something along those lines. Something yeah. along those lines it's... if I'm doing my, my maths. That's a... But yeah, in both cases, save my grandpa's soul came out ahead. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad of that. Because, you know, as we all know, you know, we've watched the episode. Uh, that's really, it's a choice that has to be made. And there's no middle ground. And it, according to the rules of the universe, really, and, and the laws of time and space, must be one or the other. So There's you know, no I'm, way both could happen, right? Uh, n- there's no, no, no possible way. No, uh-uh. No, so I'm glad that our our listeners are as uh, decisive as the show. 
uh, because that's how uh, that's how things work. That's how the world. Uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. Yep. Good. Well, thank you what for setting your... that up. <laughs> now that we have decisive uh, moral support for one side of this argument, what was your uh, guilty pleasure or your recommendation? You Sorry, read my notes. notes. God damn it. I have it open this window. Well, Jimmy gave it away. Uh, so my, my What is your recommendation, week, Tyler? My recommendation this week is a bit of a cop-out because I feel like an argument can be made for like this whole podcast being this recommendation. My recommendation this week is to find your guilty pleasure television. Could uh, it possibly be Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> well, so I was thinking about this. I was like, uh, I think... I think for me, before doing this podcast, it was like Yu-Gi-Oh! or like similar anime. Uh, I think since doing this... Oh, and Lauren reminds me, yes, now I have to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, I think since doing this podcast, like watching Yu-Gi-Oh! has just been a more regular thing in my life. So I don't like... I don't find myself, you know, at like lunchtime, like especially I work from home now. So like at lunch, I'll want to watch like an episode of a TV show and I don't find myself reaching for Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore. So I sat down today and I, and I thought about it and I was like, what's my like backup guilty pleasure TV that I like don't have to think too much about, uh, will always enjoy and, you know, can just like have on in the background while I'm doing other things. And I realized uh, that mine is really weird given that I do a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Mine is Top Gear. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I mean, like... Top Gear has been around for, I think they have like 25 seasons on Netflix right now. Um, you know, so I've, I've watched it for a long time. It's one of those shows that like can just be on. And then anytime I choose to pay attention to it, I like get entertainment from it. Yeah. And I, I, it has its issues in hindsight, you know, Jeremy Clarkson, one of the hosts is a, a real knob, as they say, uh, he, he, you know, punched a producer and has said some uh, very uncouth things about several groups of people. Um, but I started rewatching it. The newer seasons, uh, after they fired the the hosts that had been hosting for a long time, they started going through new hosts for new seasons. And so now there are three hosts, and and two of the hosts are uh, people who've done reporting for top gear before it's Rory Reed and Chris Harris. And they're like really genuinely good, like knowledgeable car guys. Like they talk about cars in an entertaining way. The third host is why it's my guilty pleasure TV again. Can you guess who the third host is without looking it up? I can't possibly guess. No, you cannot because the third host, I was going to hope, and pray that it was David Tennant, but... Ooh, no. You actually Damn. went with a more logical choice. The third host is Matt LeBlanc. Oh. Joey Tribbiani from Friends is a host of British Top Gear. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. And it is amazing. <laughs> it's actually really good because the entire show is now these two British guys who know everything about what they're talking about making fun of Joey from friends by repeatedly <laughs> calling him Joey from friends whilst he essentially plays Joey from friends on a car show. He has a repeating he's segment. Not even British, right? No, no, no. He's very American. Uh, 
uh, he has this repeating segment in uh, at least the last couple of seasons that they've done where they'll be talking about cars and he'll name some, you know, arbitrary price, like, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, right? And he'll ask the other two hosts, like, what kind of car could you get with that money? And they'll be like, oh, you know, like a Maserati something something or, a, a, you know, the I'm forgetting car names now. Uh, you get like a Bugatti for that price or whatever. And he'll be like, ah, or you could get one of these. And he points to the screen and it's like a giant machine that's designed to like uproot and trim trees. <laughs> uh, or or uh, one was a, a pressure washer. And what he does is each week he gets this like piece of uh, uh, like construction kit, right? For, you know, the same amount of money as, as you could buy a car with. Like and some he, real specialized vehicle, or is it just equipment? Well, so so like one's a pressure washer, one's a, a vehicle that's like a um, like a mobile crane, like a what, what do you call it? It was like a physical object manipulator. Um, but what he what he does is he tests it on a uh, a car, a shed, and a melon. <laughs> Each one. So he gets this pressure washer that's like this industrial pressure washer that's so high-powered that he cuts each of these things in half. He uses a pressure washer to cut a car in half, and then a shed, and then a melon. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he gets this, like, mobile crane, and he picks up cars and drops them on a car, a shed, and then a melon. (laughs) So uh, he gets, gets like, a thresher at one point. uh, So... these are still technically vehicles kind of yeah for the most part um but anyway i don't want to talk too much about it because then it'll just become a top gear podcast uh i have been very pleasantly surprised so what i what i recommend for uh all of our listeners today is like if Yu-Gi-Oh isn't the the show that you reach to as like uh i just want to have something on kind of show find that uh and i think the rules do need to be like you can have it on in the background uh any point you you do pay attention, you get some sort of like happiness from. Uh, you know, we've also been watching that uh, that tidying up show, the Marie Kondo show that everyone's talking about. Uh, you uh-huh. know, does it spark joy? Uh, and uh, uh, oh yeah, and like don't feel like you need to pay extra for it. You know, if it ends up just being like a YouTube show that's free, that's fantastic. Uh, I just even happened better. to already have Netflix, and it was on Netflix, so there you go. Yeah, I need to Marie Kondo the shit out of my room right now because it's uh, not bringing me joy. You know, you just gotta you just gotta hold each item, and if it doesn't uh, if it doesn't spark joy, you gotta thank it, and you gotta respectfully, uh, you know, just uh, burn it. <laughs> Throw it right in the garbage. <laughs> just spike it like a volleyball right into the trash. I I would pay real money. I don't know how much, but I would pay real money for an alternate TV show of Marie Kondo. Just like fucking going at somebody's house with a sledgehammer, you know, <laughs> like like she steps into one of those um, like hoarders shows where the people are just like, I guess just get rid of it all. And she's like, yeah. And she pulls out like a like a Molotov cocktail, like burns it and like cackles as the flames light her eyes. Some of those houses in that show were like that, though. I mean, I mean, I don't know yes. how much have you seen of it? Uh, like but... an episode. But, yeah, you know, like, like the first episode is like her in this very nice like small house that they have make maybe like a few too many clothes here and though mm-hmm. and then second episode she goes into this straight up hoarder house that has 
all these like Christmas decorations filling up every square inch. And it's like, wow, that is some real uh, whiplash in terms of content. Okay, that I'll, is I'll have to keep beyond watching. tidying. I, I mean, like, I like her a lot, and like Lauren's read her book. Um, I, I want to do the folding thing, you know. I wanna, I wanna get my pants to sit upright like that. Like, that oh yeah, stuff's I can't cool fold to me. clothes for shit. <laughs> I know, uh, <laughs> uh, but like, part of me while watching it just wants to like. I want to see the alternate version of like running the house over with a bulldozer and starting from scratch. And it's like Marie Kondo's sparking joy. And like you know, the, the, the title card comes in and then like a lights and flame. <laughs> it's her making that same like sweet, happy smile. And except she like pulls up a lighter and you can see it reflected in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause I, you know, as somebody who like, works in like customer service and customer support like i i know what it feels like to like have to be patient for people and she's so patient with so many people i just want like i want to believe that she is also human and has the desire to like destroy something every now and then. it's after she leaves the house and it's a close-up of her talking to her translator friend about how stupid these fucking people are <laughs> and how she wants to burn their house to the ground uh Okay, should we talk about this episode? Yeah, let's talk about Best of Friends, Best of Duelists, Part 2. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, this episode is crap. You did not like this episode, I didn't. I, okay, I have to agree with you. Like, it does have good moments. Those good moments do not make up for the episode. They are overshadowed. They, yeah. Uh, Starting with the recap. Did you watch the recap? Uh, part of it, yes. So it goes, previously on Yu-Gi-Oh! And then it jumps right into Croquet's fucking voice, being like, and now the two duelists will do this. I mean, like, that's a choice, huh? You're just gonna <laughs> lead with that? All right. Hi, welcome to Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm Croquet. This is welcome why Welcome to my Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. This is why God, even doing that smoke. voice, doing that voice for like five seconds, my throat is already seizing up. Yeah, no, it's the worst. We need to, we need to like readjust here. So it starts with Croquet's voice sort of recapping, like, the structure of the tournament, right? Whoever wins this is going to be able to either get the $3 million or go on to fight Pegasus uh, for, I don't know, Eternal Souls or something. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, and, you know, in this case, after that, my really only thought about the the recap was, like, you know, usually the recap is fairly useless to us, like... You know, we'll watch it and it'll just be shots of like, oh, this monster coming in or like this person going <gasps> or, you know, a close up of Kaiba being moody. But this recap was actually just a better version of the previous episode. <laughs> like if I like I'm, I swear to God, like if you missed for whatever reason last week's episode, don't watch it. Just watch the recap for this episode and you get in two minutes what that episode couldn't do in 20 they kept talking over and over about how these two brothers closer these friends that are closer than brothers and only one of them can win did you know they're closer than brothers they're best friends how could it come to this yeah and there's no nickelback so that's (laughs) that's a point in the in the recaps favor um the the episode starts strong Pegasus is doing this monologue in his head 
uh, and he, he starts with like, ooh, what a lovely occasion it is for a duel. Oh, As it's like pouring rain be... and lightning outside. <laughs> it's like, and, and what should bring about such an occasion? Hmm? Where two best friends would duel each other in a battle of wits. I don't, I didn't write down the actual line, but it's like, he goes on for a bit. It's very Pegasus, and it's a couple of minutes before, like, it really sinks in that he's just thinking this to himself. Yeah, everyone is just standing around in silence as he's, like, monologuing to himself in his head. Do you think Pegasus would do a podcast? Uh, I... Let me think about that. No, I don't think Pegasus would do a podcast, because I feel like Pegasus doesn't give a shit about entertaining other people he just wants to entertain himself mm, so he would do like voice memos but yeah. never never publish them anywhere he wouldn't do a podcast for anyone else's benefit gotcha gotcha yeah that makes sense or maybe he would record something and then just not release it and then right. he would just play it back and listen to himself talking about things I mean, that's basically all that's happening here. Like, I, I wish that my thoughts were this clear ever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's an impressively long monologue. Uh, did you have any notes on that? Because my, my next note is going to make me angry again. No. Uh, it just cuts yeah. to the the watchers talking about how surprised they are that Joey is still in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it cuts back up to the, the peanut gallery, uh, Tristan, Taya and Bakura. And they're like, Oh yeah, you know, good job, Joey. Like he's doing so well. Uh, and, and you know, we're so like shocked and proud of him. And Bakura drops a little nugget in there. Bakura says that he has never seen such an exciting duel. Huh? Really Bakura? You mean, this is more exciting than the duel in which you kidnapped three children, turned them into playing cards, and then sucked their souls into the spirit world uh, where you literally summoned the Grim Reaper? It's more exciting than that, huh? Hmm. Where you dueled a 5,000-year-old pharaoh? I mean, does he remember any of that? I. Mm, that's a good question. Because everyone woke up at the end of that episode and was like, wow, what a crazy dream. It, well, but except for him. He was awake and like cackling maniacally. So I have to believe that he is aware, right? Maybe? Maybe? Mm. Well, no, but he, but even good Kura remembered. He, uh, it's been a while since I've seen that episode. I so don't after, remember. After that episode, uh, Tristan, Taya, and Joey wake up, and they're like, oh, it was all a dream. And then Yugi and Bakura look at each other, and they're like, we'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep this our little secret. So he does know. That like, we he, captured he, everyone's souls. He at least remembers. <sighs> Bakura. Bakura, Bakura, Bakura. Uh... When we left off uh, the duel, Joey had summoned a uh, black skull dragon using yep. Jimmy's favorite card, Palmerization. Uh, and he Just sort out of out of nowhere. And he and he sort of has the advantage on Yugi, who only has Dark Magician on the field. Uh, uh, Joey is like clearly gonna just wipe the board unless Yugi does something creative. They're talking back and forth. But when has that ever happened in this show? It really hasn't. Uh, 
uh, Yugi plays the card Magical Hats, uh, which is really, I mean, little more than a stalling mechanic here. He summons these Magical Hats that we've seen before and hides Dark Magician under one of them so that Joey has to attack Magical Hats until he reveals the one that Dark Magician is in. Right? Yeah. Uh, You had an interesting note here about the Magical Hats. Uh, Oh. Pegasus is... So Yugi plays the Magical Hats Uh and Pegasus is watching this. And then in his mind, Pegasus is like, "Mm, my hat's off to you, Yugi. And so he's basically just making jokes for his own amusement. Which I think furthers your point of like, he's the kind of dude who would, you know, use a voice recorder. Like he's probably got like a, a library of cassette tapes somewhere of just like, Oh, dear diary. Today I wrote this excellent quip about Yugi boy. I can totally see him doing that now. Just recording his own thoughts and playing them back later and thinking, Oh, excellent point me. Oh, how smart I am. You know what it is? It's that episode of The Office where Michael tries recording a tape for his future child uh, of, of like life lessons and stuff. Uh, they do this in 30 Rock too, I think. But it'd just be Pegasus giving advice to his future self. Ah, Pegasus, you beautiful bastard. If you're watching this, I am already dead. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so he he's making puns um do you so you wrote this down and it's now making me me think about does yugi know which hat dark magician is hiding under or i is was it... i was gonna bring this up to ask you because it's not clear whether when you play magical hats uh-huh. if yugi knows which hat is the correct one or if he's just as surprised as anyone else i mean does it matter not functionally i think it would just be for his own knowledge yeah yeah i mean like if maybe we got like a shot of yugi being like oh don't pick the one on the left yeah something along those lines i was Hmm. just wondering if he would even know or like if the hats had like the the hologram of the hats was like the hat was like chopped in half in the back so you could see what's under each one because he's going to bring out more stuff in a minute so we, right. he can see what's under each hat that sort of thing but yeah well i mean if if that's the case unclear. if that's the case then magical hats would be just like nothing against pegasus yeah because he would be able to see right i mean that's entirely something pegasus would do yeah yeah to be sure, like he would totally design a card that just like works to his advantage uh, when somebody else plays it. But hmm, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Uh, instead of attacking the magical hats, uh, Joey plays a weak monster. Garuzis. <laughs> is that its Which name? Is the most, it's Garuzis. It it's the most like New York slang sounding monster. Oh, it is. So of course Joey would have Garuzis. You know, there's a there's a handful of monsters in uh dual monsters uh that have very Joey sounding uh descriptions. Like not well, just names, them... but descriptions where it's like uh there's one for like a dinosaur, uh and it the description is really like, Hey, this guy's ticked off. 
Yeah, it's uh, this Tyrannosaurus Tot's got a terrible temper. Yes, thank and you. we looked it up that one time. We did remember, didn't we? and it was like written as though it was from Joey's perspective writing these mm-hmm. cards. So, so wait, so like, does Joey do a stint of making dual monsters cards? Is that the is that he the was hired one? earlier? <laughs> Does he become a contractor for Pegasus, like writing flavor text? In the, I don't think he does that in the context of the show. I don't think he. I mean, we've but got like we've got plenty more episodes to go. It could be. <laughs> it's entirely possible that he does this later. Weirder shit has happened so far. Anyway, it's Garuzies. Hey, I'm Garuzin here. Uh, yeah. So he. Bada bing. So he plays Garuzies, and uh, he's like. Oops. Oh man, why would I play a weak monster? Ah, oh well. I guess you'll just have to attack me with Dark Magician. Oops. Uh-oh. Whoopsie. Whoops. Surprisingly, uh Yugi does not fall for this clever ploy. <laughs> After J- Joey goes on for like 30 seconds about how he is totally vulnerable and the game is just about over. So, oh, Yugi, you might as well attack me right now and get it over with. And Yugi's like, hmm, no. Yeah, Yugi, Yugi like pulls out a card and he's like, I taught you how to play this game, son. <laughs> I taught you everything I know. Everything well, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, not everything Yugi knows uh, because he still hasn't told Joey about his magical powers and that comes up later. <sighs> uh yeah uh what happens next um oh yeah joey yugi. joey's internal monologue so so yugi is confident here right he's like yeah i see what you're doing from like a mile off joey does his whole bluff and then we go completely internal on joey and he goes <laughs> aha he's gonna fall for this because uh, he doesn't know that I'm just trying to lure out Dark Magician, except he's Yugi. What if he does know? So, but maybe... But if he knows that I know, right? then, then he would know that I know that he knows. But then and if he, he just... knows that I know that he knows that I know that he knows, and he does this for like a minute. Uh, <laughs> it's just he... like going in closer and closer to Joey's <laughs> face as he's thinking about this. And it's like, then it ends with just like, eh, whatever, I'm just going to attack. <laughs> and then we have a complete tonal shift jimmy much out like of the, nowhere much like the previous episode five minutes in this episode has a tonal shift completely apropos of nothing um what happens holy shit we just suddenly like the camera just goes whoop from joy over to pegasus as he's thinking and then suddenly we get his like whole backstory yeah so he's like He's like contemplating this whole uh, concept of having to attack the magical hats, right? Because Joey like attacks and he misses, uh, what, twice in a row? Uh, or yeah. he'll, he'll like get a hat that doesn't have anything under it. And he's just thinking like, sometimes that's just how, that's just how life works. You wrote, I'm scrolling down and you wrote I, down his whole monologue. I had to so stop please. and I, I transcribed the monologue. Uh so he starts thinking these words to himself and we see the images of like cards showing um, the the picture of uh, th- this woman who's revealed to be his wife, uh, Cecilia, 
uh, sort of this, scrolling across the scene, right? We've seen her before in the painting up in his like tower mm-hmm. when and, a couple episodes ago. And in the kitchen. Do you remember this? The when they first the arrived in Pegasus's uh, castle and they were having soup in the kitchen, there was a picture of her or in the dining room, in the dining hall. There's a picture of her up in the dining hall and nobody fucking noticed. Yeah, no one there. addresses it. So, I'm going to see if I can do this in my Pegasus voice. Oh, boy. Uh, so he says, The world is a place where fate intervenes when you least expect it, with consequences that can turn your world upside down. Just when you think you've... Well, <laughs> it's hard to keep up. <laughs> Just when you think you've etched the perfect portrait of your future and your life couldn't get any li- <laughs> any better... Just when you let your guard down at last and open your heart, when against all odds you found that one special person in all the world that fills your heart with joy, the person you know you are destined to spend the rest of your life with, that's when tragedy strikes, when fate hits you with a cold slap of reality and shows you who's boss. Yes, the world has taught me that only the strong and ruthless survive. In memory of all that I lost, I fight on with all that I possess, and I intend to win. Kind of got Jean-Luc Picard there a little bit, I'm afraid. Um, But, okay, so this is a children's show, right? Yes. And we're getting, like, glimpses. Ostensibly. We're getting glimpses of, like, Pegasus meeting this woman, falling in love, like proposing. We got a scene as he's, we see this whole montage. It starts with him and this woman just like in a field, like in a grassy field. It's a beautiful sunny day. They're like having a picnic. And then it just like a montage of their relationship and how it progresses. This is basically the intro to up. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> this is a condensed version of the intro to Up. And I I don't remember seeing this scene as a child. Uh, I don't know that I, that I would have. Maybe I, I missed it. Um, I cannot imagine being an eight-year-old and seeing this scene that, I mean, it doesn't show her dying, but like she gets sort of sucked into this like rose thing and whisked away. Yeah, uh, it just kind of disintegrates into petals. Which I think is like on a, their like, a, like wedding altar. It's like a stylistic choice. I don't think that's actually what happened. Although, again, who fucking knows? Um, Magic. And then it cuts to her tombstone, and he's like openly grieving over this grave. Cecilia Pegasus. Which I think might be my new DD character name. <laughs> because that's genuinely badass. Uh yeah, it's like really sad and meaningful and and like you know we get pegasus backstory that i don't i don't think that we really see again until the movie and then it cuts straight fucking back to joey being like eh, i'm gonna attack with this card like yeah, no breathing room <laughs> no breathing it's room whatsoever such tonal whiplash it's shocking like, I had to pause it right after I saw that and was like, did I really just see that happen? It's the inverse of the musical segment from last week. <laughs> it's the opposite tonal shift. And it was just this huge 
like backstory nugget that just dropped randomly in the middle of this episode. And it doesn't belong here. It makes me wonder, like, you know, if 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 there were some way to A, bring Toonami back and B, make a Yu-Gi-Oh! spinoff for Toonami that's just Pegasus Breaking Bad. I'd watch that show. Right? Like the- I also want to watch Up But With Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can do. I might be able to get the, the music from uh, from that intro scene and just put that over it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. So all that happens. Uh, what? <laughs> what does he do now? <laughs> well, it goes straight back to Joey. Mm-hmm. And uh, he attacks one of the... I think he just attacks one of the hats. Yeah, and then nothing happens. Oh no, uh he Yugi placed a trap earlier under one oh, of the yeah. hats and he, he activates puts, that trap. Yeah. And so Joey attacks one of the hats and it's not one of the hats with anything under it. He had a two thirds chance and he got the one third. Right. Uh and they talk for a while. You have better notes on this than I do. I think you should disc- you should explain this bit. Uh yeah, there's uh, more talking between Yugi and Joey, and um, there's more monologuing from Yugi's point of view. And the gist of it is that both of them are fighting for something very important, but he has to be the one fight going up against Pegasus because he's the one who has the super special magic protagonist item just like Pegasus does. And yep. so he has the Millennium item, and so Joey doesn't, so he has to be the one who wins. Which, like, you know, if they had talked about this, like the such great friends that they are, you know, who tell each other everything, uh, if Yuki had just explained, like, hey, I have this, like, magical item that I think is the reason that only I can beat Pegasus. Do you know how I transform every time I play a card game? Could it be this giant thing that I carry on my neck the whole time? Check I'm, just, it out. I'm just doing hand gestures now at this point. Like so much of this episode could have just gone away if people just talked like normal, you know, like the such great friends, the closer than brothers, dudes that they are, you know, if they'd just been like open with each other about who's maybe carrying a, a haunted uh, ancient artifact, like, yeah, if you started wearing just constantly a giant fucking golden pyramid around your neck all the time, I'd be like, hey, Tyler, what's with your giant golden pyramid? You'd ask questions, you know, like, you know, you and I were roommates for a while. Like if, if one of us wore the same T-shirt for a week straight, we'd be asking questions. But, you know, this episode is crap. <laughs> uh, so... Okay, so then Joey attacks again, and he hits the hat with Yugi's trap underneath it, and spellbinding circle. Well, is that first, or does this other thing happen first? I don't know what other thing you're referring to, James. Uh, Joey yells, all right, Yugi, time to kiss the baby. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's after the dragon. trap. That's after the okay. trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, uh, <laughs> uh, so 
he has black metal or black skull dragon. Uh, I want it to be black metal dragon so badly, but it's black skull dragon this time. Uh, attacks the hat on the far left, activating Yugi's trap, which is spellbinding circle. The yeah. spellbinding circle encompasses black skull dragon, lowers its attack points. And the one note I have here is that Joey says vulnerable with an extra syllable, I think. Vulnerable. He says, now my black skull dragon's vulnerable. <laughs> vulnerable. It's like it's two words. Um, but then Bakura, who's the the exposition narrator this episode. Yeah, he's um, just been talking constantly about what each card does this, this episode. This kid watching. will not. Bakura podcasts. Oh, he definitely does. <laughs> he hosts a podcast by himself with no one else. Absolutely. And no, about he talks about games. he talks about things that are happening visually in the real world with no explanation. He's basically this podcast. Um <laughs> uh so Bakura explains that Dark Magician and Black Skull Dragon now have equal attack points making it a stalemate so that Yugi has to decide whether or not to make an attack. Uh and uh, and Joey's like, ah, shit, I'm uh, vulnerable now. Vulnerable now. Yeah. And so he puts Garuzis in defense position. Right. Garuzis, by the way, is this like armored lizard guy. Yeah. Garuzis. I, I thought at first that it was armored lizard. Nah, it's Which Garuzis. is a real card in Joey's deck. Uh, I don't know why I said card like that. That was, that was odd. Card. Uh... So I'm, things got a little muddled for me here. Yugi plays Book of Secret Arts. Uh, Hold on, let me pull up the actual like turn by turn. Oh no no of yeah this okay I have it I have it. Uh, okay so I remember this because there was a commercial break so we see it twice. Yugi plays oh, yeah. Book of Secret Arts, which makes Dark Magician stronger. From there, I have no idea what happens. Uh, there's a very long sequence where Dark Magician uses its new powers to uh, attack and destroy the Black Skull Dragon. Okay. Uh -huh. And the Black Skull Dragon gets this, like, Photoshop scribble effect on it for a couple seconds before exploding. Right. And now is when Joey well, uh, draws Baby Dragon. Well, no. Now is the part that I actually have a note on where Joey has a flashback where he's like trying to pull himself together. And he has oh, a I didn't flashback even write about this. Of Serenity, uh, which he's had in the, in the previous few episodes of his sister being like, I wanted to see you one last time. Like, Oh, I, I hoped that you could like come visit or whatever. But this flashback, she's saying, I don't think a line that we've heard before. Uh, she's saying, don't forget me. Yeah, that's which implies that she's actually dying. Yeah, you don't forget someone just because they can't see. <laughs> I mean, maybe Joey does. Maybe if you can't see him, he can't see you. <laughs> Toddler rules. <laughs> uh, it's time for peekaboo uh, peek with Joey. Uh, it's yeah, me, where'd Joey you go? Wheeler, ah, there you are. Yeah, where'd you go? <laughs> uh. So that made me think for a second that maybe Serenity is actually dying, except textually and canonically, we know that she's just going blind. And those are two very different things. Yeah. So now Joey plays Baby Dragon. 
All right, you, you time to kiss the baby. Which and is you... the worst line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is I guess he's going for like a politician kissing the baby kind of thing. I guess. Like I guess. I mean, in his defense, I say a lot of shit that sounds better in my head. <laughs> I'll give him, I'll give him a pass. Fair to Joey. Anyway, uh, he brings out a uh, baby dragon, uh-huh. which we've seen before many times, uh-huh. and uh, another card next to it, uh, face down. Right. And uh, it goes to Yugi, who's like, oh, he's got this other card next to it. It's obviously Time Wizard, because he always plays Time Wizard with um, baby dragons. So a, it can, a reasonable assumption. So it can turn into Thousand Dragon, <laughs> which is still God. the dumbest name. I I legitimately forgot that it was called Thousand Dragon, and I wrote down Millennium Dragon because that sounded cooler. <laughs> it does sound cooler, but no, it's Thousand Dragon. <sighs> One dragon for every thousand. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so he does that. Uh, Yugi has his Dark Magician attack Baby Dragon, and Joey pulls he attacks, a... Right? Um... Yeah. Or, yeah. He has to get rid of Baby Dragon before he can use Time Wizard to turn it into Thousand Dragon. Right. Okay. So he does that. And then Joey's like, ah, gotcha. It's a New York trap card. Uh, and for once in his goddamn life, Joey actually tricks Yugi. I think it might be the one and only time it happens. Because, yeah, uh, he pulls out. I couldn't out, believe it. He pulls out Kunai with Chain. Joey's only trap card i guess uh and garuzi uses the kunai with chain to uh like hold dark magician in place i guess yeah it just like wraps around him while dark magician is attacking so dark dark magician springs out of the hat Mm -hmm. uh so he knows where it is now Mm -hmm. and so he's able to target it with this spell and uh dark magician is just unable to do anything right uh, at which point Pegasus, again, silently to himself, he doesn't really say... Does Pegasus say anything out loud this episode? I don't think he, he does. That's a good question. I'm thinking about it now, and all the stuff he's been saying so far has been in his mind. Yeah, so he says to himself, he says, uh, he says uh, uh, something about like, oh, you know, how how coy of you Yugi trying to guess which card uh Joey would be playing just uh, because you know all the cards in his deck right and peg and, well and then he's like and for all of that you were wrong like shame on you for being wrong on this one and then he's like at least when i prophesize cards i'm always right and the millennium <laughs> i like glints in the sunlight and the non-existent sunlight because we're potentially miles underground apparently yeah Inside a castle during a rainstorm. Over a bottomless pit. Over a bottomless pit. Uh, then, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I read back on my notes. I'm like, why the fuck did I write this? Uh, the good good boys, is what I wrote, remind each <laughs> other that they're friends because we, the audience, keep forgetting, apparently. Yeah. So that spends some time on that. Hey, hey Jimmy, do you think Joey and Yugi are friends? Yes, I think they are friends. They have reminded it of us. But how do you know? Uh, Well, they've uh, told us many times Uh and each other. You know, just like we do, how I always say, hey, Tyler, my friend. 
But maybe How's it going? My best friend. But maybe like once more we could be reminded that Joey and Yugi are, are friends. Lauren just dropped her phone. I don't know if that came up. She's looking at me very scared. No, it's fine. Lauren, Lauren, you've heard our podcast. You know it can be interrupted. <laughs> Lauren, uh, Lauren, do you do you think that Joey and Yugi are friends? I think they're frenemies. <gasps> what a twist! Jacques. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't know enough about their relationship to make any categorizations. Could you like tell me tell me one like factor of either of their personalities? Just just anything. Yugi has a grown man inside of him that speaks in a woman's voice. The man inside <laughs> me. Uh, what about Joey? <laughs> Joey is it in a dog costume? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that is how we place which episode is the most recent one that Lauren has listened to. <laughs> uh, she's not wrong. She's, she's not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, back to the duel. Back to the duel. These these uh, good good friend boys. Now Joey draws and plays time wizard. Yeah. Now and he says. Uh, he says, uh, I can't believe it. The one card in my deck that can decide who wins once and for all. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, here it comes, everyone. And yep, it's time wizard. Time wizard. Jimmy, I would like to take a moment. I know I've talked a lot this episode and I apologize. This episode sucks. Uh... <laughs> Can you describe to me the mechanics of Time Wizard, just for the listeners at home, just just for educational purposes? Yeah, this goofy little stopwatch-looking cartoon character comes out, and it spins a wheel, mm-hmm. uh, like a little, like a Price is Right kind of thing. I don't yeah, even know what like you you're call playing, it. Uh, like you're playing Twister? Yeah, like a little Twister a little spinner. Uh, arrow on a spinny board, mm-hmm. and if it falls on a skull it's, then i it guess has, it has an official name it, it's called the time roulette ah the time roulette tm 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 um, copyright 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 and it has i think three different symbols on it two is it two mm-hmm. i think because it's got skulls mm-hmm. on it uh it has like the little castle thing mm-hmm. it's just got two of the castles is it just two castles yeah there's four skulls and two castles weirdly but the skulls are smaller than the castles, so it's about 50-50. Yeah. And so if the the spinner lands on the castle, then in like in game, the time advances by a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And after that, the effect of time just does whatever the hell the writers want it to do. Yes. And then if it lands on the skull, what happens? Uh, I don't even remember because that's like happens once. I think it's just like he dies. Yeah. Or it goes, it goes backwards a thousand years. Or I don't, I don't fucking know. So when you're looking at, did you pull up a picture of, of the time roulette here? 
Uh, I'm don't see the time roulette. It's not on the card. The, oh, there it is. The little wheel. Looking at it, just guesstimate for me. What do you think? Like the odds of landing on the weird time travel symbol or the skull is. Like, what do you think? Like the percentile chance is. Let me zoom in here. And okay, so. While the wheel does have four skulls and two castles, the skulls are like half the size, like the spacing is half the size. So I would say it's an exactly 50-50 chance. And 50-50, what's a common way that uh, people uh, determine... 50 50 odds like when you think of something that is 50 50 odds just in your everyday life like what, what what is that activity called flipping a coin flipping a coin now flipping a coin sounds really familiar where have i heard flipping a coin previously oh yeah Taya said it last episode and then tristan was like no let me mansplain dueling to you Taya said last episode, let's just flip a coin. And everyone was like, no, Taya, that's not how it works. But then here we fucking are, and we're flipping a goddamn coin, and everyone is stoked for it. I had completely forgotten about that until right now. Hashtag Taya was right. Completely right. This is the game equivalent of just flipping a coin to decide who wins this stupid duel. It is exactly 50-50 chance. Listeners of the show, you can tweet us at Yampod, Y-A-M-P-O-D, hashtag Taya was right, hashtag justice for Taya. (sighs) Anyway, the point is, uh, time does advance 1,000 years, and Baby Dragon turns into our good friend Thousand Dragon. Oh, I even, I corrected myself in my notes. I wrote down Thousand Year Dragon. Because even that sounded better than Thousand Dragon. Than Thousand Dragon. And the Dark Magician becomes an old man with 100 yeah, attack he, points. Um, well, Joey believes that he has successfully aged Dark Magician by a thousand years. So he's super feeble and frail. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I think he attacks, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. With, with what? Thousand what, Dragon. What is the name of Thousand Dragon's attack? Uh, it sucks. It sucks. Oh yeah, real we bad. both we both wrote this down. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's we've it's come up before, but I think we haven't talked about it. Noxious nostril gust. You think is it, a, is it gust with a G or dust with a D? Gust like a breeze. Oh, because I heard dust. I didn't have subtitles on for this episode. I mean, either way is bad. Yeah, noxious nostril gust. Uh, you would think a super powerful ancient dragon would have a better uh, breath weapon attack than noxious nostril gust, which sounds like it's just kind of like breathing on you real hard. Yeah, it sounds like an attack that I'm going to have when I get old. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler used noxious nostril gust. It's super effective. <laughs> uh, yep, and then the... The grimy dark magician the old dude oh yeah the camera zooms in to this feeble old dark magician but uh surprise surprise the 
aging of a thousand years did not turn him into a weak old man. He became a super wise old man. He is not dark magician. He is a dark sage. And as Yugi reminds us, with age comes wisdom. So Joey, the time wizard just gave him superpowers. Mm-hmm. Which, again, Yugi is winning this duel at the last possible second through total bullshit. Yep. But the effect of uh, Dark Sage is he now, Yugi, can now play a magic card on every single turn, including Joey's. Yep. And so he is able to use... Macu the Magical Mist, which I hadn't heard of before, but it basically just blocks the attack. And Dark Sage is fine. I'm back to just silent hand gestures, my friend. This one this one really did a number on me. It's it's like you know, if ever there were a case for suggesting that Yugi is actually the villain of this story, this would be it. This would be it. Right? Like, hey, Joey, let me let me help you out. I snuck you onto this boat. Uh, you're you're going to Duelist Kingdom with one of my star tokens. Uh, I'm going to give you some cards to help make your deck better. Uh, oh, yeah. How about this? How about this, uh, this two-card combo, Baby Dragon and Time Wizard, that's totally going to be great. Like, play these guys together. Hmm? Don't pay attention. But if you... If you ever use these cards against me, I automatically win the game. Right. <laughs> it's, if you use these cards against me, it'll give me the advantage. It's such a fucking, like, mean girl's turn, right? Like, he's all buddy-buddy, but don't you cross me because I will cut you. I mean, we literally see in a flashback the moment he gave Joey these cards to use. And just... <sighs> Who Maybe could have imagined these two best friends going against each other in a duel of wits? Maybe it's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I've never tried laughing as Pegasus before. That was uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, Jimmy, end, end my suffering here. What the fuck happens here? This suffering and this podcast because Yugi uses the Dark Sage's powers to add Monster Reborn to his hand instead of drawing, and mm-hmm. so he uses it to special summon Black Skull Dragon from Joey's graveyard, and Black Skull Dragon uh, completely annihilates Thousand Dragon, and Joey loses the game. Yep. In one turn, Yugi became Lord of Time, got basically free magic, and then got Joey's biggest monster, and beat him to death with it. Yugi essentially became Doctor Who. He, yeah, you can't fight the Doctor because the Doctor can just go back in time and defeat you before you even know you were fighting. Right. He is the monster. <laughs> the real monster was Yugi the whole time. But, so there's so there's a little bit after this, but can I... Yes, can I re- that's the end of the duel, though. Yeah, so there's a little bit in, left in the episode, but can I make a request that we do our favorites real quick because the ending is my worst? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, uh, my favorite part of this episode. Please. God, I need to think about it for a second. What was your favorite? My favorite part was learning about Cecilia, honestly. That that bit there, learning about Cecilia Pegasus, like made suffering this episode mostly worth it. Eh, I'm going to say almost worth it. It was good. I wish that she had more agency. I mean, like a lot of the female characters in the show, I wish that she had more agency. Um, she doesn't really have any speaking roles or anything, but also I, I think in a way that's an interesting like reflection of Pegasus's personality. Like he's so, uh, you know, it's shown in the flashback that like he's an artist, he's a painter, he's like painting portraits of her. Uh, he He's very, uh, you know, sort of ironic for, or not ironic, but, convenient having the millennium eye he's a very artistic visually focused person visually minded person so the majority of his memories are just visual not necessarily auditory or anything else um but it's so it's so interesting to see a glimpse of like the the woman who would become mrs pegasus right like and and get a glimpse of what her personality must have been like i believe if I'm remembering correctly, she does have a speaking part in the movie, but I don't remember it that much, to be honest. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting to see this character that, like, as he said, like, only the strong survive, and I'm just going to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, it's interesting to see the person who sort of revealed the other side of him that, like, has uh, sort of an artful soul. Yeah, it was really good to see more of Pegasus's backstory. And, yeah. Like, this turning point that ter- made him who he was. Like, from being ostensibly, like, a, a caring, just like a caring person and a sensitive artist to being a, uh, you know, Pegasus. Right. <laughs> As he is now. Right. Uh, what was your favorite? Um... Honestly, I was going to say uh, Pegasus's backstory as well, mm. but I do have to give a special shout out to Yugi's fucking long-term con of Joey, just knowing that someday he will play Time Wizard against him, and he'll have all these <laughs> these bullshit moves he can then do. Right? Like, man, that was like how many episodes ago, and like he would. That that is such a villain move to do is to like give Joey these cards that will help him, but then, like if he is attacked using them, it's like an instant KO. That was thirty episodes ago. That was thirty episodes ago. That was like on the boat, weren't they? When they were on their yeah. way to the they hadn't the even, island. They hadn't even. So that was maybe thirty-one episodes ago. I don't. It was more than thirty episodes ago. Regardless, like. That is some long-term planning shit, right? Like, kids, if you take away one store, like lesson, one life lesson from the show, anytime you help your friends, you better fucking make sure that there is a fail-safe where you get more out of this than you put in. Yeah, I'm still going to have to think about that moment for a little bit because that's, like, story-wise, one of the coolest things we've seen in this show, honestly. 
It is, but for like, at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? You know, like, because it really does imply some sinister things about Yugi, or maybe that Yugi was, is the motherfucking was, king of games. Well, maybe that was the influence of the Pharaoh, right? Like, that's yeah. This. Don't give anyone something that they can use against you. Right. Right. Exactly. <sighs> So, I mean, fuck, yeah. And then, well, and Joey even has a line once he realizes what's going on. He, he like, gives up and he's like, yeah, Yugi, go for it. It's cool. Like, yeah, he says, that, it's I wanna, cool. I, I wrote a special note about this. Uh-huh. Because, like, you, Joey is suddenly realizes that his sister is going to go blind now. And his reaction is, go ahead, it's cool. As he just, like, stares into the sun and gets obliterated. Yep. Yep. Cool. Good stuff. Weird reaction. Weird reaction. Weird flex, but okay. Now, let's get into the last okay. like three minutes of this episode. Is this your worst as well? Because I, I would feel guilty to go through my spiel. No, you're right. It is my worst. It is your worst? Okay. Can we talk about the I ending? wrote a special note about this at myself as well. Okay. So, leading into the ending. The duel is ended. The, the, the duel is over. Finito. Pegasus gets up and, and walks away. Taya is like crying. She goes, I can't believe it's over. Like, finally, I don't have to be like put through this grueling ordeal of watching my two best friends fight each other. Pegasus says again to himself uh, that she should save her tears because she's going to need them when he duels Yugi. Joey uh, makes his way off the field and uh, goes, you know, back around to where the peanut gallery is to meet up with Yugi, and he hands Yugi uh, the 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 card that Mai gave him uh, before his duel with Bandit Keith. Uh, the and one that lets you into the tournament itself, that lets you be in these semifinals, right? And and to catch us up on what those. Are, there were two cards sent to every duelist, correct? Something along those lines, yeah. And when you entered the tournament, uh, you could present one card to Croquet. To get into the tournament. To get into, well, to get into the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, or the semifinals, I guess, semifinals. And you had to pick one of the two, and they were... Was it the left and right hand of the king? Is that am I remembering that correctly? I don't remember what they were. Um, Let me look. It up. But one was uh, sort of a, a pile of of gold and riches, and another was blank. I forget. It's got like space on it. Maybe it was like a void of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and the the one with the riches. If you entered with that, when you win the tournament. Uh, you will get $3 million. The other one, uh, the space void, whatever, uh, if you use that when you get to the semifinals, if you win, you earn the right to dual Pegasus. So essentially it was a way of like selecting your own grand prize based on who you were. Yeah. Um, so because, again, Joey was there uh, illicitly, 
Yugi gave Joey his uh, uh, hand of riches. Glory card. of the King's Hand. Glory of the King's Hand. Thank you. What's the other one called? I don't know. Okay. That's <laughs> It legitimately doesn't matter. Uh, so Yugi gives Joey uh, the Glory of the King's Hand card so that Joey can enter to uh, earn the $3 million that he needs for his sister's operation. So that's how we get this whole like dichotomy here. Joey is fighting for the money so that he can save his sister. Yugi is fighting for the right to duel Pegasus so that he can save his grandfather. And now uh, Mokuba and Seto Kaiba. Did you find the other card? No. It's it's like the opposite hand <laughs> of the king or something. It's, it's really something dumb. Lines. Yeah. Anyway... So when Yugi and Joey meet back up after the duel, Joey tries to hand Yugi uh, that card again, the the hand of the king's whatever. Uh, was then, the other card letting you duel Pegasus or was it um, like Pegasus would help grant you a wish or something? Oh, that's right. That's lines. right. No, you're right. You would You would be able to request one thing from Pegasus and he would grant it, whatever it is. Uh, which I don't know why you couldn't just ask for $6 million that, you know, <laughs> like that seems like kind of a weird, uh, uh, distinction to make there, uh, uh, Pegasus. But so, you know, we, we know now at yeah, least Pegasus that... will make a wish foundation for you. <laughs> uh, and maybe your wish is $6 million. I, maybe I mean, it's like... You maybe he'll Willy Wonka you and you can become king of games and own the entire dual monsters like empire. Anyway, that reminds me of uh, I was explaining to a friend uh, over dinner one time uh, what emotional support animals were like and how they differed from support animals. And he was like, so you just have to file paperwork and like they don't have to be trained or anything. You just have any animal be an emotional support animal. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I think so. And he goes, because like, can I get some emotional support money? <laughs> can I just say this pile of money is right here? My emotional support money? Can you just give me some emotional support? Just, just bring it on over? Uh, that's what that reminds me of. Uh, I think you have to have the animal beforehand. I think so. You can't request it. Uh, <laughs> so... Anyway, so a lot of importance is placed on these cards to the point where Joey almost can't even participate in his duel against Bandit Keith because Bandit Keith has stolen the card that Yugi gave Joey so that Bandit Keith can participate in the semifinals. So then the Mai, one time in this show, the rules matter. So then Mai has to give her card to Joey so that he can even compete. Pardon me. So that he can even compete. So, you know, it... it it's a really important thing. Like now that he hasn't won, he, he just, he, he has to, you know, I guess go see his sister in her final moments. I don't, I don't even fucking know. Like he, yeah. he gives up. all. Sorry. I couldn't win this card game tournament he, for you. Right. In this moment, he gives up all hope and he goes and he hands the card to Yugi and he's like, because you you won this. You won the duel fair and square. You fought with honor. Thank you for that. You should have this. Jimmy, then what happens? Yugi 
Yugi takes it and then gives it back to him and says, no, no, this is yours. You can just go give it to Croquet and he'll give you like $3 million. Uh-huh. Yep. So there is no point whatsoever to even winning the tournament. You just had to give one of the cards to Croquet? Apparently they just had to make it this far. And then they could just hand the card over to Croquet and get whatever the prize is. So does this fucking mean that Yugi could hand in his card to Croquet and Pegasus would have to grant a wish? I guess? Or is or does it just mean What was like, the point of this whole tournament then? Who the fuck just, knows? <laughs> if you don't win right? and you can use your cards in second place, then what's even the point of like getting to first? I, 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 I genuinely do not know. My final note for this episode is what the fuck were these episodes for? Like, I knew this was coming. I mean, yeah, like, we all knew that J- that Yugi was going to win, right? We all know like, that Yugi is going to win and Joey's sister is going to be okay because it's a kid's show. Right. But then, like, uh, you know, sh- <laughs> what? but the explanation for how it went on... Uh, I was wrong about. I thought Yugi was going to win and get the money, and then he would just give the money to Joey. Which would be, again, another, like, that would work kind of within the rules and make sense. Exactly. Like, that's a better explanation than what actually happens. Yugi just straight up says, no, 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 fuck the rules. You hand this to to Croquet. You tell him I sent you, you know? He doesn't even say that much. He just says, yeah, give it to Croquet. He'll give you $3 million. (laughs) It's a very valuable card, apparently. It's that fucking uh, uh, all-metal Black Luster Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Black Lotus. Uh, oh, it's a... <laughs> uh, the, the card itself is actually very valuable, and Pegasus just sent them out. Oh, whoops. <laughs> that was his golden ticket no idea. One, nobody knew that, because it's such a rare card, no one besides Joey and Yugi have picked up on, oh yeah, I can just like sell this back to Pegasus. <laughs> Yeah, nobody tried selling those cards to Kaiba. Yeah, P- Kaiba would give them money, like cash money right there. He Like probably in his briefcase, the hologram projector is like the top half and then under it is just a bunch of unmarked bills. <laughs> How about I trade you for these? <laughs> Instead of opening the briefcase to show Grandpa like all his rare cards, it's just a whole shit ton of money. <laughs> I call this card Benjamin. <laughs> I call this card also Benjamin. <laughs> it's all Benjamins, baby. I have three blue eyes white dragons, but 18,000 Benjamins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I am so upset that this episode did that. <laughs> It's so bad. It's such a bad ending. I feel legitimately robbed (laughs) because we did all of that. Not even to mention the stuff with Taya that I'm, that I brought up and is an honorary worst for me. But like Taya had a legitimately good point here. She's like, why do they need to be doing it all? Can't we just do a coin flip, which effectively they do. 
in the end, after telling her, oh, no, that's not how this tournament works. Oh, sorry. I guess you don't know much about duel monsters, huh? Let me stand over here and explain everything that's happening in the game to you. Oh, I'm Bakura. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be my new Bakura voice, by the way. Moving Bully forward. Me, Bakura. No more English accent, Bakura. Cards. He is, he is uh, uh, a Disney character from now on. Um, I, I am so upset that reasonable people, mainly women in the show, being Maya and Taya, have been ignored for episodes and episodes. And then finally in the end, it turns out that they were right. Yeah. The outcome of this match between these two best friends and how important it is doesn't actually matter. You can just fucking give the card to whoever the hell you want and they can go fight Pegasus. Like, couldn't they have used one of their timeouts, you know, like they did last episode, to just, like, confer with each other and be like, hey, like, we could just do this, right? Like, we could just... Like, this one doesn't matter. This one doesn't count, yeah, wh- right? Whoever advances in the tournament doesn't actually matter. It's whether you or not you have these cards. Here, take this card. Well, no, who advances in the tournament does matter because it has to be Yugi because Yugi is the one with the magical bullshit that can beat Pegasus's magical bullshit. But Joey yeah, but doesn't even if know he that. Lost, even if he lost, he, he could just get the card from Joey. Jimmy. James. Timothy. <laughs> Yes. Jim Anthony. Jimifer. Stop it. <laughs> uh, this moment furthers the idea that Yugi is the villain and has been undermining Joey this whole time. Because who tells Joey that he needs this card? It must have been Yugi from the tone of voice you're using uh-huh. right now. He hands the card to Joey and he goes, you'll need this so that when you win, you get the $3 million. If you don't win, you don't. He doesn't say that part. That part's implied. But he heavily implies if you don't win, you don't. It's only the person who beats Pegasus that gets their fucking prize. So he puts Joey through oh all of God. this. Oh my God. Was this all a gambit on Yugi's part so he would know that when he gets to the second to last round, he has someone where if he loses, he can just get the card back? I'll do you one worse. Not just that he can get the card back, but he is slowly and methodically tearing Joey down. He's he's negging Joey, right? And he is beating his morale into the ground to the point where after losing to Yugi, Joey feels like he has no hope left. He says that. He's like, I've given up hope entirely. And he is he he might as well be wearing a dog suit at that point. Like he is back to his lowest low in that moment. And who should give our old friend Joey a little a little nudge up there, a little hand up? Oh, oh that's funny as Yugi. Yugi's oh, right there me, being your like, best hey, friend. Do you remember how I told you that this card would be super important at the end here? Yeah, let's just forget about that. Here you go. Here's $3 million. That is how you buy loyalty. 
oh my god joey this yugi is the same yugi as the yugi in the manga joey is in yugi's pocket for life now because if joey ever wants to ask yugi for anything ever again yugi can just be like oh, i don't know there was that one time i gave you three million uh three million or if yugi dollars ever to fucking save your needs sister. like a meat shield you know yugi's like hey you remember that one time i saved your sister hmm, you know that is a great point Oh my god, this is the same Yugi that would totally set a guy on fire. Season 1 and season 0 Yugi are the same Yugi. They both have He just keeps it a hidden. Man inside them that sounds like a woman. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> but he keeps it under wraps. Yeah, because... he doesn't like overtly use magic. He's into mind games now. Mhm. This is a new timeline for everyone but Yugi. It's his final game. The final game was him playing dual monsters for just like an entire show instead of other things. He survived uh, four kids adopting the show. <laughs> no one else did. That's why everyone else is so different. All their personalities Ooh, have changed. Yes. Yugi, Yugi ventures into the biggest game of all. Business. <laughs> and he starts a company uh, a company that uh, will promote his ideals of sportsmanship and gameplay and and you know wholesome values uh, to the youth of the country you could even say it's for kids in fact it's for kids and he begins Tyler, he pulled an Avengers he pulls a fucking Avengers no listen Spoilers for the last Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Infinity War. He, Speaking of things that sucked. He, Yugi is both uh, Ant-Man and Thanos. He snaps his fingers. He changes the entire world around him. Pharaoh survives because he's uh, in the Millennium Item, just like Ant-Man was in the Quantum Realm. So he is not affected by it. And he comes back and everything is different. Uh, yep. This is explained in the manga. I remember this from when you from when you watched the manga. There is that issue of the manga where they play D&D with Bakura. And I'm going to forget the exact situation, but there was a situation where because Yugi had two souls in his body, he could his soul could inhabit a piece on the board while the Pharaoh's and soul still comes out and takes over the body. Right. This and is so Bakur's powers didn't work on him. Mm -hmm. So this is the result of that happening. Or the, rather, I mean, it's the same concept, right? Like because he has two souls, he could survive a, a universe rending event. I feel like this is Yugi. Damn. This is Yugi playing second life. <laughs> <laughs> right like it's it's that's the game that's the shadow game it's just second life the entire world was a shadow game it's all in the matrix brains <laughs> forgot about fucking brains <laughs> uh anyway that's the end of the that's, episode that's the actual end of the episode and i with yugi's <sighs> fucking insane world-ending gambit like, that works out well for him it works he, out perfectly he's a fucking like mafia don at this point 
right? Like he just, he owns everybody around him. He's unstoppable. He wins either through, you know, his own cunning or like his army of friends. New show starring Yugi. It's called House of Cards. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Planting seeds and reaping the payoff. Now, my, owning your friends through loyalty. My grandpa. Use it outsmarting everyone around you. <laughs> pretending to be a good guy and being the villain the entire time. <laughs> no. New season, House of Cards, starring Yugi. Now, back when I was growing up, up upstairs from my grandpa's game shop, he always told me to never trust anybody. And well... That's what I did. God, we have to stop talking about this episode. This is literally, yeah. this is literally going to kill me. Um, we did our best and worst. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. We've been talking about this ending for like fifteen minutes. It sucks so, so bad, Jimmy. It's the worst. It's time to end the episode. Finally. Jimmy, as we do every week, we talk about uh, a card of the week. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to talk about a card of the week from the show as well as do a, a random one uh, real quick. Do we want to talk about Dark Sage? Just like oh, yeah. super quick. Let's I talk about Dark Sage. Dark Sage came so, out of nowhere for me. Like I... <laughs> okay, side note. Like so many... like time wizard related things it's completely pulled out of nowhere right it is side note i just tried googling dark sage but like with one hand because i'm holding my microphone and instead of typing in dark saged i, I typed in dark magic but with two g's <laughs> <laughs> dark magic um and i'm here to tell you no, folks that's, that's soggy the dark clown <laughs> i'm here to tell you folks if you want like a legitimately like good and useful Google search. Just Google Black Magic. There's some good WikiHow <laughs> articles here. It's pretty informative. Um, Dark Sage. So Dark Sage comes out of like you said, fucking left field. Like this is uh, this like this is nothing, right? Like, oh, it's an old man. Like we saw the harpy ladies turn into old women at one point. Yeah, they just shrivel. So. Dark like Sage. other stuff just like rusts over and then disintegrates. Uh, all kinds of stuff happens. Yeah. Mostly bad. So, yeah. So in all ways, shapes and forms, it just like breaks the rules. And I'm reading the official rules right now. And all it says is that when you special summon it, which does use Time Wizard, when you special summon it, you add one spell card from your hand or from your deck to your hand. That's it. That's the only time. But in the show, according to Yugi, he can use magic on each duelist's turn. Yeah, it's OP bullshit. Like, why... Why would Yugi not just have his deck built around this? 
that's a good question. Um, because he's made his deck in such a way that no matter what happens, he can always win. <laughs> Apparently. I guess. I just feel like, I don't know, you brought this up a while ago, like the idea of there are all these quote-unquote villain characters that have like themed decks you know, like like dinosaurs or insects or dragons or whatever, and the main characters don't really have this, it feels like there are such huge opportunities for Yugi to have, like, this is my theme. It's all Dark Magician, and that's it. Yeah, it would like be like everything. ancient Egyptian magic and stuff. Right. It would be a, a theme for his deck. And it comes so close, and then bullshit like this happens. And you're like, but you could have gone further, huh? You tell me you, uh, huh, okay. So. Yeah, surprisingly, it is an actual card. It is. And, like, uh, you know, I'm glad, and I'm glad that they seem to have changed the rules to be better and, like, less Not horrible. completely breaking you. Um, breaking the game entirely. I'm, I'm sure it's been, like, super useful in certain decks, but, like, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I'm still too angry at the episode to really like it. <laughs> Anyway, let's do the actual card of the week. Okay, so our card of the week this week, generated by my random list of every Yu-Gi-Oh card in existence, is Beta, the Electromagnet Warrior. Beta, like the normal spelling of Beta? Beta, as in Alpha, Beta. Ah. Uh, Beta, the Electromagnet Warrior, is a three-star three rock-slash-effect monster. If this card is normal or special summoned, you can add one level four lower Magnet Warrior monster from your deck to your hand, except Beta the Electromagnet Warrior. You can only use this effect of Beta the Electromagnet Warrior once per turn. During your opponent's turn, you can tribute this card, special summon one level four Magnet Warrior card from your deck. This is a quick effect. And it has 1500 attack and 1500 defense. I really like this card, actually. It's pretty cool. Well, uh, it looks cool, too. I like... I mean... I've seen the Magnet Warriors before, and I like all of them. Um, and it has a good look. Yeah, let me How would... drop you a link to it. It looks like uh, it would be a, like a special evolution of Magnemite. It looks like a Pokemon. Oh, yes, it does. It does. It looks like if, if Magnemite grew arms and legs. Kind of, yeah. It's like a red metal robot guy, and then his arms and legs are like electric coils and then he's got a magnet for horns and like two magnets that form his fingers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so he's got two magnets like horseshoe style magnets like in his hands that form four fingers right it's pretty cool looking it's pretty cool i like it uh, that is definitely an electromagnet warrior i think it does suffer again like our card from last week of like there are other similar cards that are like in the same family like the magnet warrior family that are just like objectively cooler like there's berserk the magnet warrior family family hi i'm john <laughs> electromagnet this is my son uh frank electromagnet i mean that'd be pretty badass and who could forget my my wonderful wife uh natalie electromagnet <laughs> carmen electromagnet <laughs> carmen electromagnet uh so, but there are other cards named like Berserkion, the Electro Magno Warrior, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like, oh, okay, well, Beta's cool too, I guess. Um, oh, is he like the dorkiest Electro Magno Warrior? Kind of. There's also one literally called Block Golem that's popping up here that's just like, it's a Lego. 
Delta the Magnet Warrior is pretty cool. Um, Gamma the Electromagnet Warrior. Terra Tiger the Empowered Warrior. Uh, Japanese okay. name that I can't read. I feel like Versus I need to. Keon. I need to find a way to learn. Just like I conversational is the wrong word, but I want to learn at least basic Japanese characters so that I can read some of these cards oh. because I feel like the descriptions on the Japanese cards are just going to be way better. <laughs> yeah, and then you get like really weird translated names like Superconduction Machine Imperion Magnet. Oh, I loved that show. <laughs> that, was my, that was my favorite Saturday morning cartoon. Yo, you see the new superconduction machine, Imperion Magnum? Yeah, I, I almost made a podcast about it. But then, uh, you know, it was, it was too mainstream. I had to pick uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! It was a bit more of a, a, a low-key sort of, sort of ordeal. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's our card of the week. Beta, the Electromagnet Warrior. Uh, super cool. Look it up. I, this is one of the ones that like I would get like a sticker of, if that makes sense. Like if somebody sold like chibi stickers of Yu-Gi-Oh monsters that you could like put on your laptop or something I would totally get this like this and like a blue eyes and like a like a flame swordsman would be choice it looks like it would be on a pog oh no that's totally it like a holographic right pog yeah Yeah. one of those shiny ones that's absolutely what this is boy last week we were talking about uh, hit clips and this week we're talking about pogs I mean, let's face it, like the entire theme of this show is just to talk about stuff that was popular like 1998 to 2004. Yeah. So, yeah, that's on brand. Uh, all Next right. Next week, let's talk about Bionicle some more because I can talk about that for hours. You know what? Legitimately, first... legitimately, we could talk about Bionicle next week. Uh, next week, I was so disappointed by this episode, I didn't even look up the name of next week's episode. <laughs> uh, next week's episode, as I scroll all the way down to this list here, uh, is, oh, pff, duh. It's, it's titled Yugi versus Pegasus, Match of the Millennium, Part 1. Tyler, holy shit, I'm scrolling down the list of episodes. Mm-hmm. This next set is going to be a five-parter. Yeah. We're going to be talking about this for like three months. Uh, Just one duel. I mean, if we keep doing this weekly, that's like, that's like a month and a half. Yeah. Still, though. Of one That's duel. a hell of a long time for one duel. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then, there's, and then there's an episode after that that's called Aftermath. Um shit's gonna pop off fam like oh i'm sure i mean finally we're gonna get into some actual uh pegasus centric shit going down it's which should be good it's gonna get weird um so yeah so we're gonna do that we're gonna do it one part at a time because i feel like we're gonna need at least an hour to talk about each of these uh and uh yeah and then and then we'll kind of see where we where we go from there uh i do i want to plant this bug in your ear now before we end the episode so we've got a five-parter <laughs> jesus christ we have a five-parter and then we have one episode that's sort of the quote-unquote official end of the season but as you'll notice in netflix the season continues beyond this and it goes up to 49 episodes. And what that is, is there's a sort of two 
what are considered, I guess, kind of like mini seasons. There's legendary heroes, and then there's dungeon dice monsters. Are they finally going to look at a at a thing that isn't dual monsters? Oh boy, no. Ah, oh, goddamn. The name is misleading. <laughs> um, but uh, but a new game does roll into town, and it's very interesting. So I think what we're gonna do. I don't well, okay. I don't, I don't really know what we're gonna do yet, but I think that we should plan on doing something to to make up make a clean break between like this is Yu Gi Oh season one official ending, and then here's like Yu Gi Oh some other Shippuden. random bullshit they tack on the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's let's spend the next few weeks kind of figuring out what that's gonna look like. Uh, Listeners, if you have any thoughts about that, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. If you want to follow Jimmy's other podcast, that's D-A-H podcast uh, on Twitter uh, or dungeonsagainsthumanity.net. Um, look, I guess in the future for those PDFs that you were talking about. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else that I've forgotten? No, I don't think so. Wow. That was very efficient of me. Uh, all right. Well, I, I guess that'll just do it. I feel like I could just rant about how much I hated this episode. I I, I like want to keep going, but I know that we should end it. So we're going to end it here. Uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, fuck. Yugi versus Pegasus, Match of the Millennium, Part 3. Uh, I do want to point out, each of the five parts does have a different name in Japanese, so we're going to use those instead, I think, just for my sanity. Just so, to be more interesting. So we're going to be back next week with Final Duel, Yugi versus Pegasus. Until next time. I'm going to end with a, a quote from Yugi that we didn't actually get to talk about in the show, but is still good in its own right. Hit me with it. Let's see who spooks whom. (laughs) Indeed.